Back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. You can also follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. I'm trying to make it through the week. Uh, it was one of those things yesterday where someone made the joke on Twitter. Well, at least it's Friday. And uh, yeah. for for just week. a moment, I believed them. <laughs> for just a moment, I, I thought it was. It, it's hard to believe the Super Bowl was just Sunday. I mean, it feels like that was like five weeks ago because it's just how long this That's week. true. Um, today, we are going to talk some more NFL draft. We are going to do our safety preview. And Landon, I'm really excited about this. Uh, yesterday, I basically laid out the whole day just for me to watch uh, the top three safeties in this class. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and talk about him right now. And let's go ahead and start with Grant Delpit, uh, a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, but Lane, again, you had kind of the same timeline as me. You got to sit down and rewatch him uh, over the weekend. How are you feeling about him in general as a prospect, how he's going to be used in the NFL, and then as a fit with potentially with the Dallas Cowboys at pick number 17? Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where I, I, the first time I watched him, you know, and, and, and let me be clear. Let me back up. Delpit is one of the few prospects who I saw a good, healthy portion of during the season because because I watched a lot of LSU football games, uh, you know, and I knew that uh, uh, you know that he was going to be a, a, a you know, potential candidate to be coming out, and, and that he was a you know a draft eligible, a top top of the end safety. Uh, so, you know, I, I came into the Delpit evaluation with, with uh, at least some sense of who the player was, right? Yeah, we've been talking about him for a yeah. while now. Um, so. I, I got to say, the, the more, you know, the first phase I went through was, wow, this guy's incredible. He's big. He's uh, rangy. Uh, you know, he can move well. Uh, he's single safety high for sure. Um and then, you know, you start, like, hearing the, the kind of uh, the rhetoric around him about missed tackles. You watch him. In the first viewing I, I had, I was like, okay, this is a guy who's clearly hurt, who is trying to tackle at times. He's struggling. Um, sure. and, and, and it was a lot of kind of um, allowing of, of that sort of thing, right? You know, kind of excusing, I think, right? And, and then when I went back and watched him again, um, I kind of just feel like, well, here, let me just give you the whole thing. Uh, I, I think he's, he's tall, narrow, long, rangy athlete, long arms and legs, good flexibility in his ankles and knees, gets low in his pedal and can coil and explode in short areas. Uh, he's a heady player. He's directing traffic on the back end. Even saw him nudge, his, nudge a ref pre-snap at one point so he could get a good line of snap of, of sight. Uh, LSU used him in a bunch of spots, but he seems best suited as a single safety high. Missing tackles. Mm-hmm, what would you say? I said, yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's certainly his best. Yeah, hat. missing tackles is a thing. I definitely think that it's been amplified due to the injury, but I also don't see a player who is overly physical. He will throw a shoulder, but doesn't seem as interested in hard tackle, hard form tackles uh, when coming downfield. 
Uh, can cover the slot and tight ends, wide receivers, and keep up. Long strider range, like I mentioned. Uh, can step right in front of a receiver after projecting an open window to the QB. Knows how to play the ball and trick a QB into taking his bait. Great makeup speed. Moves well in zone. Short area explosion shows up well here. Where does he win? He's a rangy ball hawk free safety. I mean, this is one of those guys that, you know, they're kind of a rarer breed. Uh, but he, he, he can, he can definitely do that. The unanswered question is, uh, is his tackling going to be a problem? And, and I, my concern is that after watching the second, after watching him again and watching more tape and just kind of rewatching things, my concern is that not only is uh, that the injuries obviously limited his tackling, you know, efficiency. Let's say I have concerns sure. that he just does not have a lot of interest in participating in the run game. He, he seems like he's uh, his effort uh, on coming downhill to tackle players is kind of hit and miss. Uh, he takes bad angles at times in the run game. Okay, so let me ask you this. How much of that do you think is because we've been talking about him since, you know, really since the midway part of 2018 as a potential guy that could go in the top five? Do you think at that point Delpit kind of just, you know, tuned out a little bit in terms of the tackling part? Like, hey, let's not let's not get my body any more banged up entering the NFL uh, because I already know him. I know what my strength is. I, I, I don't need to put my body on the line to – you know, potentially drop my. You stock. know, maybe. I mean, I, I listen because I have to think. I didn't just. I have to watch more. I, I didn't because I, I got to go back and see yeah, what what happened. I, I didn't go and I I didn't like go into that second viewing like with the idea of hey let's let's re look at tackling one more time. What caught my sure. eye was that it felt like I saw too many snaps where I was watching him. Where he he throttled down before the play, the snap was done, where he didn't really make a full effort seemingly to get to the to the uh, uh, to the the pile or, or to the, the the tackler, where even when he did, he would arrive there while people were already kind of in the process of taking the ball carrier down, and then throw a shoulder right into the guy, kind of like mm-hmm. as a last minute you know nudge. I don't know, man. Like there, there's part of me that. Either and maybe I do need to go back and watch 2018 tape too. I don't love how uninterested he seemed in the physical side of the ball. You and I talked about Xavier McKinney, and we will talk about Xavier McKinney here. And you and, and you brought up that you thought he wasn't exactly that either. But I think if you compare these two, yeah, I, I, Xavier I McKinney is yes. much more willing to mix it up physically, yeah. and even will engage players, uh, blockers, or whoever. Folks. I don't. That's not Delpit at all. Delpit's trying to so, avoid that stuff. I was say. So here's my problem. I agree that Delpit is a free safety. You want him as a center fielder, and I think he's fantastic there. The, the comp that I actually gave him. You tell me whether you hate it or you love it. Uh, Ken Hamlin. Okay. Uh, kind of the big, tall, rangy center fielder. Uh, I think Hamlin was probably a better tackler. Yeah. But in terms of that size, athleticism, and instincts, I think that's what Delpit. But I think Delpit's a better. Player on the ball than Hamlin was. I, yeah, I would probably. But, but agree I, with I, yeah, that. But I mean, I, but I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good comparison because they are I, physic, they're both physical, physically similar, both kind of tall, both both single safety guys, mm-hmm. both see it very well. Uh, but yeah, I think that the, the the difference if you're if you're making doing Madden create a player right, you're you're taking yeah. two points away from uh, Ken uh, Ken Hamlin's tackling. 
and then adding them to uh, to Grand Delta sure. to catch, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I, I think that's, that's my, a good comparison. My, my, my problem is, though, if you draft Delpit, I think he's really good as a free safety, as I mentioned, then you're having to play Xavier yeah. Woods almost exclusively in yeah. the box. And I, I think Woods can do it, but I don't think that's his strength. Like, I think you're almost making – you're improving one spot, but you're taking away another, so, right? You're making – I, that's why our, that's why I struggle with the Delpit thing in general. I, I don't know what to think about So it. here's my thing, and I and 100% agree with you. I tend to think that if you get Delpit, it's worth it to consider either going out into the free agency and getting a starting strong safety and moving Xavier Woods to third safety nickelback position. Well, I was going to say, he could play the well, slot. Well, I mean, he have a slot corner on the roster. Here's what you could do, just to kind of r- roll it all out. If you like the improvement you see in Donovan Wilson over the offseason, right? You, you go yeah, out and yeah. get maybe another starting, like former starter or starting quality strong safety, box safety type, right? This is after you've d- drafted Delpit. Uh, and then you have those two compete, right? The, and then you, then you have Xavier Woods, like I said, play like a third safety nickelback role, and then you kick, uh, uh, Lewis out to starting co- corner. And now suddenly yeah. you have your finished defensive backfield. You don't really need Byron Jones to come back. I, you know, I think you, it's maybe time. It's certainly something they have. It's to something consider, that they right? should consider. And, and 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 I think it's not great that when you're drafting seven uh, a player at like Delpit at 17 and it's still feeling like you need to do something at the position to make it right. But at the same time, like. Getting a guy if you gotta get as I say if you're gonna get your best players on the field this is what you're gonna have to yeah do. And, and and also you know getting a guy with Delpit's skill set is not easy you know like no. it's not like he's such an incredible player uh, that he's that it's a first round I think it's more that, that just that he's the type of player that is not easily procured so it's it's mm-hmm. you know, I think that's why picking him at 17 is palatable to some people because the 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 you know the Xavier McKinney's of the world. He's a he's a fine uh, version of that player, but they're but they're easy to find. You know what I'm saying? Like I think Xavier is in the first round talk because he's uh, an exceptionally versatile version of that player. But but those guys are not hard to find. You know, whereas Delpit no. is, you know, got some hit and miss to him, but he's such a rare breed that it's like it increases his draft value. I would agree. Um, really quickly before we take a break, two and a half months away, at, you know, from the draft, how would you feel the Cowboys made the selection of Grant Delpit at seventeen? Uh, like I, I think I haven't really changed my opinion on it. Whereas okay. I think that Delpit at seventeen is a nice floor. You know, I, I and I kind of agree. That's like almost the the worst player they're going. Yeah, to I, like I feel like if I would rather get Delpit later in a trade back. I would rather maybe get another safety in the second round that we could talk about at some point. But I, I think mm. that, you know, if Delpit is the pick at 17, I'm not mad. And, and and frankly, you know, that's a pretty good floor to land on. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll uh, talk more about the safety, specifically Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct. So they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon. Uh, McKinney was somebody who I watched a lot yesterday. Uh, I think I watched just about every game that I could. I think I watched eight total. Um, you're going to have to help me here because I'm really, really struggling with McKinney. And just as a kind of a note, I struggle with safeties in general just because it's a position where you have to watch the All-22. Sometimes even the way that they're used isn't really translatable to the NFL. Um, but McKinney is somebody who, you mentioned it before, he has got a lot of versatility uh, I think he's a better tackler than Delpit. My problem here is if you compare him to the safeties of last year, the Desir Adderley, the Taylor Rapp, the Juan Thornhill, I'm not sure he's noticeably better than those guys, and those guys were picked late, late in the second round. Uh, what did you think about Xavier McKinney? Uh, I definitely disagree. That I, I think that he's a better player than those guys uh I would agree, but but is he a, is he a full round difference in those guys, or maybe even more than that? I think you know that's that's debatable. I mean, you're right. Like, I, look, here's what I got: I got a solid body type for a versatile safety type. Plays a large variety of roles, an incredibly large variety of roles, from single safety high, two high, nickel backer, you know, everything basically. Uh, and by nickel backer, and I should have relabeled that. He plays nickel back, and then he also plays nickel linebacker as well at times. Uh, yeah, loose yeah. hips, mirrors quarterback well, directs traffic, seems to make the call, solid tackler, will meet a, a running back in the hole with no issues. Uh, kinetic player, always moving, stays on his toes so he reacts lightning quick with his, to his eyes. Can handle tight ends and some wide receivers one-on-one, can be physical and keep up with their athleticism, no issues. In a single game, you could easily see him do all of the following. Drop in a zone, cover a wide receiver one-on-one, cover a tight end one-on-one, blitz, and make tackles in the run game between the tackles. Uh, the LSU game is a perfect example yep. of that. If you want to watch the, the full display of Xavier McKinney, watch that. You, LSU. you can see basically him do everything in that one game. Um, aggressive yep. with his angles. That This could be a problem at times, especially when uh, single safety high. Uh, comfortable with his back to the quarterback in man coverage. Clean pedal, drops are comfy, actually moves well in all directions. Flows to the football well in the run game, can work through trash as needed. Saw him miss a tackle or two on cutbacks, but Peanut punched the ball out on occasion. Um, I, I, what does he win? He's an incredibly versatile, moving back seven chess piece. Uh, unanswered questions, can he thrive in a situation where he's limited to a single role? I, I think that Xavier McKinney is a guy that you can move around anywhere in your back seven and no matter where you put him, he probably won't be the worst player on your on on the defense at that position. And I know that doesn't I know that doesn't sound like a big selling point, but it really, really is. Because you can use his skill set almost anywhere on the in the back seven of the field. 
and uh, and he will find a way to be useful and 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 be heady and be smart. He won't miss his, his assignment. Um, I tend to. Th- well, as I say, as I say, as a fit, he fits better with the Cowboys' defense with Xavier Woods than maybe Delpit is. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's a better player. Yeah, I mean, I I think that. I think that what he does is he provides a level. He's a glue guy in a defensive backfield, right? He mm-hmm. makes all the other guys yeah. be able to play the positions that they have to play to get the best out of them, right? This guy you can stick sure. wherever, and then you can mix and match your defensive backfield around this guy because he can make all the other guys right by putting them in positions that they are most comfortable to play in, whereas he can basically play anywhere. Um I just think I like him a lot, and I think you ask about what makes him uh, a better, you know, around better than these guys, than than Taylor Rapp or or uh, Nasir Adderley. I think he's around better than Nasir Adderley just based on experience, just because like I mean, that's all, he has a ton of experience. He's, I think they're very similar players, frankly, except Adderley maybe is more of a uh, 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 a. Uh, you know, a ball, a, a better ball player, I guess. Um, I think that he's a much more physical player uh, than, uh, I mean, a much better physical athlete than Taylor Rapp was. Uh, so oh, sure. I, I think in that sense, yeah, I think that they're similar in um, reaction time and headspace and, and kind of playing playing uh, uh, the the. Uh, you know, reading things and, and pulling the trigger, that sort of thing. I just think that plus he's Taylor Rapp with athleticism. So I, I and may, he's not quite the same size as as Taylor Rapp, but I think he uh, he could play with that level of physicality. I like him a lot. I, I understand. Uh, I I definitely understand the thought process of like what 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 does he do that's special that 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 makes him a first rounder. I just think he's such a clean prospect. That there's just very little, uh, there's very little risk. You know, I, I just, I, yeah. I just think he's not, you know, I, I, he's not flashy, but, uh, there's, there's, I think there's very little risk in, 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 in drafting him in the middle to lower first round. Yeah. So a couple things I want to point out positives about, uh, McKinney. First of all, his burst is unbelievable. Like when it's time for him to click and close, whether it's on a receiver, a running back, or even a quarterback, he's fantastic there. Um, he's also he has a pretty good feel on how to blitz. He had a nice rush against Joe Burrow where he was able to dip around the edge and and force the fumble. I think that's something where you can use him a lot in the NFL. Uh, again, here's my comparison for him in terms of usage and size. I see a Malcolm Jenkins type of player, right? Where you can use him as a free safety, you can use him in the box, you can use him in the slot, uh, and and that's where his true value comes is as a versatile defender. My problem is, and actually we talked about this uh, yesterday after after the show, is when you're picking a guy in the top 20, and specifically inside the top 17 like the Cowboys are, I think you want one of those safeties that has all-pro potential, like a Jamal Adams who went 6, or a Derwin James who went 17, or uh, you know somebody like that. I, I feel like Xavier McKinney is in that next line. Like if you're picking 24... I'm I'm loving Xavier McKinney, but at 17, it just feels a tad too rich. Am I wrong? Well, there? here's my here's my counter argument to that: is that Derwin James was not supposed to be taken at 16, right? 
Well, and that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying about safeties. They typically fall about five picks further than. Oh, okay, so then, so then, then in the thought, then using that thought process, it's likely that McKinney goes 24 instead of 17. Right, and I, I feel like that's so, probably. I, I feel like that's probably the right. I won't even be surprised if he falls a little bit lower than that. If he goes to like in, to a playoff team in the 28. So that that would. I guess that's where I'm getting at. Is that is that if in this world. You know that where Derwin James was supposed to be picked at twelve and went sixteen. I I think that it's not. I think we're we're properly slotting Xavier McKinney as a guy who we are picking to go seventeen, but likely will go in late first. Right? Like I I, that's I tend to yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I and I think I understand your thought process of uh, you know top twenty picks should be an all pro safety. You know, just based on those like examples you gave. Uh, well, especially when you're considering positional value, right? Because all things considered, a safety isn't as valuable as an edge rusher or as a wide receiver and that kind of stuff. So if you're drafting a safety at 17, they better be a pretty high ceiling player. Sure, right? but, but at the same time, once you get past like 16, I mean, here's the thing. Every draft, and I'm not explaining anything that you don't understand. Every, every sure. draft is has its own individual positional value because based on uh, on on, yeah. on uh on you know just economic needs right on on supply and demand if if the, if if the safety class in this in you know you the this class in this draft class was six deep of talented guys of the Xavier McKinney level then I would say Xavier McKinney probably would go in the late second round right because everyone is assuming sure. that they can sure. wait blah 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 so uh, I think that you're not wrong in the sense that you know at times these players have gone uh, in in the top 20 and, and they uh, end up being you know all pros. I just I kind of disagree that that should be the standard because because yeah, of, maybe it shouldn't be the standard, but maybe that's the out, hope, out, right? outside of 16, like outside of your first round picks, like everything from like out you know like your your the first one two you have. Through the end of the second round, it's kind of all like a, a a glob, right? So I don't really. Yeah, I just think you're hoping. I, I think you're hoping at 17 you get a, a first round player without any. Well, doubt, see, right? I think to me, I think that's that's the thing, and that's what you and I will, I'm sure, talk about is that I'm not taking Xavier McKinney or Grant Delpit if something falls into my lap, and and, and maybe that needs to be the. Say, that's what I would say. I I wouldn't say either of those guys are. I'm not running to the podium for either of these guys, runner. right? Like, yeah, I think yeah. that's it. I, right? I would call both these guys one twos. Right? Yeah, I think that's where I would put their grade. Is one twos, and that's you know, if they get wiped out and you know, there's just nothing there, I'm fine with yeah. that. But I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I have a feeling you're going to have two or three of those kind of easy ones there at 17 because you always do every single. Yeah, time. I mean, I, I think that you know, Dane Brugler just released a draft, a mock draft where uh, the Cowboys traded down and got Grant Delpit. I am 100% I, I on board it. with that. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I would trade down and get McKinney. Like, if you tra- if you told me you traded down five spots, six spots, and picked up a third, I would do that in a heartbeat and take McKinney uh, there. I have no problem absolutely. with that. I mean, I, I, that's that's where I'm at is that I'd take these guys at 17. If that Like, again, if these guys are my floor, I'm, I'm I, that's why I'm happy about this is that I I like Grant Delpit. I like Xavier McKinney. Am I thrilled if I'm taking them at 17? No. Not necessarily thrilled. I mean, just I, I'm interested to see what happens. But I'll tell you this much: I'm not heartbroken. 
that's that sure. the, the having that kind of like oh at the very least we could probably draft one of these safeties and be happy like that's a really good place to start out from drafting at 17 in my opinion so i think that's where i'm at is that i'm not holding to them to this huge high standard of of you know because they they technically are going one spot beneath a uh, uh, you know, Derwin James, that they're not that. I'm just happy that they have these guys available to us to provide a nice soft landing spot if things go terribly wrong with the first 16 picks for the Cowboys. All right, our last safety we're going to talk about today <laughs> uh, is Cal- California safety Ashton Davis. Uh, and I'm curious about this one because we've, we've briefly chatted about this. Um, what did you think of Ashton Davis when you watched this tape? Uh, well, my notes are... Good size, tall with long arms and legs. Uh, when he decides it's time to go, can open it up and run. Track athlete, and it shows in the good and bad ways, in my opinion. Sure, yeah. Probably. Not as fluid as I had hoped. He is very much a runner, but not a natural as natural an athlete as I was led to believe. Uh, I oh, see. I would disagree with you there. I think he's explosive. Okay, well, let's, let's let me let me get through this. I'll, I'll yeah, I definitely want to talk about that point. Lots of slow plank. Too many times where I yell at the screen, go! <laughs> Seems to enjoy the physical side of the game a lot. Hard tackler who engages blockers willingly in the run game. Processor seems stuck sometimes. Uh, where does he win? Physical athlete with potential upside. Unanswered question. Can you clean up his processing, thereby unlocking his athleticism and suddenly unearth an elite safety? I think that this guy has processor speed problems. And I think that that is what's the – I watched this guy after all the kind of accolades, and and I I heard about before I watched him what an athlete this guy is, and he's going to be – you know, he's going to blow up the combine. And and I I believe that because, you know, there's times when you see him opening up and, wow, he can fly. Uh, You're not going to like who my comp is for this guy. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I'm excited. Tell me. This guy is a slightly better version of Jeff Heath. I don't think that's an awful comp. I really no. don't. And, and I think I think I, that he's going to always be an up and down player. I think because I I do think he has processor problems, and I think that unless he learns how to kind of, and that's not really a Jeff Heath. Well, I guess maybe it is. I guess to a certain degree, it's I, I you know the athleticism doesn't match what I'm seeing on the field. And to me, especially at safety, that reads like a guy who is. Living and dying by the fact that he's so much better athlete than the other guys in the field that he can get away with a, a slow read on a play and then make it up. And I don't know that he's going to be able to do that in the NFL. All right, a couple things here. Um, first of all, uh, i got to say this because I'm an age elitist. Oh uh, he's a really old prospect. He's 24. Don't love he's that. Got a weird, like, he had a you, weird story, too. Like, Didn't he like – have to walk on as a track athlete because he didn't get any kind of like football scholarships. There was something weird about that. Like he, I, I could be wrong if, if I am, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure there was something like he tried to get football scholarships and he couldn't. And then he had to actually walk on to the Cal track team in order to get attention from the from the from the co- uh, coaching staff. As a, he went to Cal Berkeley as a track star. That's what it is. Uh, went there went there for a year. Uh, tried out for track at California and then walked on yes, as a, yes. uh, as a sophomore at Cal. He actually doesn't have a lot of football experience, mm-hmm. and I think that explains the processing speed a little bit. Never played defense at all during high school. Uh, it's only really three years as a as a safety. Okay, that explains. And even the snap that count. That. You know, three hundred eighteen in two thousand seventeen, eight hundred and ten 
2018, 672 in 2019. Uh, he got hurt a little bit this year. So there's just not – I mean, you're looking at like what, 1,700 total snaps on defense in his entire football career. Uh, that's not a ton. And, and I think that probably does explain yeah. some of the problems. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't hate the Jeff Heath comparison because – Jeff Heath has been, for whatever, you know, a lot of people make fun of him or whatever, but he's been a quality safety for the last, what, six mm-hmm. years? Um, I think Ashton Davis is a free safety in the NFL. Uh, I, let's go with this. I, I, I think the low-end comp is Jeff Heath. I think the high-end is like a Darnell Savage, right? Somebody who is really athletic, has, can play all over, uh, but maybe isn't the most physical player, uh, still learning that part of the game. Um, but... Uh, I, the, the, the tackle rate, again, is a little concerning. He had a uh, missed tackles on 12% of his tackles. Uh, but I like what he didn't cover. So I, I'm certainly interested in the second round. Like if you told me the Cowboys got, you know, a Javon Kinlaw in the first round and then an Ashton Davis in the second round to be your free safety, you know, I, I don't hate that. I really don't. This is not uh, – real quick, before we leave, we have to discuss what my actual preferred uh, scenario is. Well, and I would agree it's my preferred as it's well. None of these guys. <laughs> sure. I think. And it, there's, it's because we have somebody else we like We better. both are enamored with Antoine Woodfield Jr. And I think taking him at 51 is better than taking any of these guys at 17, especially Davis. But I, I also think that, I mean, maybe just short of the trade back scenario that, 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 uh, Dane suggested. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you go into seventeen, you get the best player that shows up there, which you know it, it could be any, it could be a couple of different really good uh, players. Could be Henry Ruggs, and then yeah, know. it could totally be Henry Ruggs. <laughs> and then you <laughs> go and draft a guy like Winfield at fifty one, who I think is yeah is o- the only reason he is there is because people are making the same mistake about him that they made about his dad when his dad came out. They're looking at a guy, and they're like, eh, it doesn't look like he's uh, big and tall and fast enough. And, 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 I don't man, care. I don't care, man. I watched that guy play, and I was I like, he's his, he's his dad. And his dad was one of my favorite players to watch. And, and I think he is going to make an impact in the NFL in the same way that he made an impact in college football while he was there. Well, we, we were talking before the show about, about Antoine Winfield. And besides the obvious comp of his dad, uh, another guy that I kind of think he reminds me of a little bit is Buda Baker, who came out of Washington a few years ago. Uh, undersized defensive back, like 5'10", 195. But all that guy does is make plays. Put him on my defense any day of the week, and I guarantee you he's going to create multiple turnovers over the course of the season. So um, really quickly before we leave, Landon, rank these safeties for you. We'll even include Antoine Winfield. Uh, how do they stack up for you? As far as, like, Draft who you'd like for Dallas? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I would like again if if we're going by based on where they actually will end up being drafted. No, no. Or I, I, I was gonna say just overall. in a, in a, in a, like, a pure ranking of these guys. Right, right. I'm a big board type of ranking. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, Delpit is such a different player than the rest of these guys to me. Um. I would still say Delpit one, even yeah, despite his. I would loss. too, just because that that is a very valuable. Like skill set, so I would probably go. I mean, I think I'd go Delpit, McKinney, Winfield, uh, Davis. Yeah, I'm close. I'm Delpit, Winfield, McKinney, Davis. 
I, I, I'm not scared. I love McKinnon. Yeah. Or not, excuse me. I, I, I mean, that's, ho- that's I, honestly where, uh, that's honestly where, uh, you know, I, I thought about, uh, you know, making, that's what, that's where the most struggle came is, is those two guys and where they are positioned. I do think the, the combine will help source, yes. you know, these out a little bit. If McKinney Test is like a 90 percentile athlete and Winfield's only in the 50th percentile around there, okay, then at that point you probably have to flip him. But just based off what I see on the field and production, it's hard not to love Antoine yep, Winfield Jr. He's such a fun yep. player. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.